I'm Tass Mellis of The Starters. This is Ben Golliver with the Open Floor Podcast. Hi, I'm Kristen Ludlow from NBA Inside Stuff. I'm OJ Ananobi of the Toronto Raptors. Hey, I'm Elena Donon, and welcome to the Double Clutch. Double Clutch. Double Clutch. Double Clutch. Double Clutch Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Double Clutch Podcast. My name's Mike Miller, uh, one of your usual hosts. Tonight I am joined once again by Mr Nick Whitfield. Hey everyone, good to be back. Good to be back indeed, and Mr Hugh Hopkins. Let's pop this bubble. <laughs> do you know what, Ever, uh, for the last week or so I've had, uh, you probably don't, actually, you probably do, because you're a similar age. Do you remember the one-hit wonders shampoo with the uh, uh-oh, we're in trouble? I mean, Just I me, do, then. but you I don't do. think you will. <laughs> You guys are a similar age. Uh, I'm I'm just a baby face over here. But yes, I do remember that song. Excellent. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's been in my head for about two weeks now. The closer we're getting, the louder it's getting. Um, Of course, the NBA is almost back. Just before we start jumping into this week's pod, uh, just a quick bit of housekeeping. If you're not already following us at Double Clutch UK on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, etc. We also now have a Discord server which is discord.me slash double clutch. So come join us there, join the conversation. Um, but we're not just here to talk about that. We will mention it a bit again later. We are just two days away from NBA basketball. The What I'm calling the pre-re-season, which starts on the 22nd of July with intra-squad scrimmages. Um, intra or inter? It's inter-squad, isn't it? No, I can't remember. Whatever it is, it's between squads. So we've got a bunch of... A bit, bunch of actual NBA games, which may or may not involve wearing the uniforms or the practice kits, and then we're just ten days away from the season fully restarting on the thirtieth of July with seeding games, which is basically a two-week sprint for playoff positioning and maybe a playoff spot for at least two teams. Um, guys, your expectations, Nick. What? Where? It's, it's been so long since we've seen basketball. What are you expecting from the bubble? I think the only thing we can sure about is that we don't know what we're going to see. I think it, we can't be sure how what kind of shape players are coming back in. We don't know um, how in-touch players on different rosters have been compared to others. We don't know what chemistry is like, which teams are going to be rusty, which aren't. It's like, if there's any chance of an upset for an NBA championship, this is the year. Hugh, what are your thoughts? I think it's intra when a team plays against itself and I think it's inter when teams are playing against other teams um, yeah that's what I think but yeah. I couldn't remember as I said it and now I just sound like I'm just agreeing with you which is that's standard fine. sorry see, carry yeah. on happens a lot um, yeah I think I think I think it's going to be chaos like all those videos that you see of like you know kids playing down the park and just you know throwing up bricks and dribbling the ball off their feet I, th- I think there's going to be a lot of that in the especially in these immediate games um it'll, it'll be very weird to watch but i think i think we'll get used to it pretty quickly um and then i think it's going to be I, th- I think it's going to like like nick i think it's going to be one of the most exciting exciting uh finishes to a season ever whether or not it should be happening morally uh mm-hmm. health-wise is another matter but i'm sure we'll get into all of that yeah i'm sure we will I mean, so so far touchwood um so good on that front in that the two cases that have come in well they've identified going in from players have been stopped 
at the border, as it were, and turn back. Um, and then everyone else who has unfortunately contracted the disease, has, disease the virus, has uh, had to wait before joining the bubble. Um, I, I wrote down, in terms of expectations, the two words I had were carnage and mayhem. Uh, so a similar line of thinking to you guys. So many missing players. Um, this is just insane trying to predict and project anything here because we really... It's like starting a new season but where we've not had time to think about how people are coming into the season because it's it's, it's just been so long since they've played. It's just it's just insane. Um, were there any guys who aren't going to be there that sort of stood out for you guys? Obviously, you've got Avery Bradley, Trevor Ariza, Davis Bertans, uh, Half the Nets, Victor Oladipo, Bradley Beal... Uh, then he missing Lamarcus Aldridge and Bojan Bogdanovic through in uh, through surgeries. Was there was there anyone sort of that stuck out to you as being a key factor for a team and really impacting their chances of of postseason success? Hugh, um, I think I think not having Lamarcus Aldridge increases the Spurs' chance of of winning the championship. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm I'm hyped about that. Even though I wish Lamarcus Aldridge the the best recovery. Um, I think it of the teams that could actually win something. I th I think it's got to be the Lakers, isn't it? Um, there's been not only have they lost uh, Avery Bradley, like you said, but they've lost Rajon Rondo, and uh, all of a sudden they're bringing in the, the likes of J.R. Smith. Um, and the last time he was on a, a you know a championship, a potential championship winning team with LeBron James, he ruined it for him. Um, so I think there's. I think we're going to see how quickly teams can lose their depth. The moment the one player is out for, uh, you know, whether it's turning an ankle or whether it's because they need to be in quarantine for ten days, it's gonna it's gonna have a lot of ructions. Um, and I'm all for it. Uh, you know, I don't want anybody to be ill, but um, it could be extremely exciting in terms of who's going to be going through each round of the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right there. Uh, Nick, it, Hugh mentioned Rondo. Obviously, there have been other injuries. De'Aaron Fox is out. Um, Kemba Walker's already complaining. Uh, say complaining. He's already ad admitting that his knee is giving him issues. How much do you think this quick restart is going to impact player health? I think uh, I actually think it's beneficial. I think there's been an, a long enough layoff that I actually feel like we'll probably see uh, fewer injuries in terms of overuse, but we'll see slightly different types of injuries if there are some in terms of we're more likely to get things like pulled hamstrings or things that are like signs of uh, like poor conditioning just because the guys haven't been in their usual game shape. But um, I don't think, touch wood, injuries will be the biggest factor. I think it's more likely like general conditioning, just like guys not performing to their usual level because they haven't had the like right amount of time to build up to this sort of thing. In terms of um, notable absences, I think Bradley Beal really stood out for me because it kind of killed the uh, any sense of the it being worth the wizards being there in the first place um equally like the nets i think are going to be a bit of a car crash to watch just because they essentially have like uh is their, their roster is unrecognizable from what you 
expect going into this season. And I think out west, I'm going to pick an unorthodox player just because I'm a big fan. Um, I think I would have liked Trevor Ariza to be there because you haven't seen that Trailblazers team healthy the whole season. So had they been going in with full depth and full health, that actually would have been a real, uh, they actually would have had a real chance of catching up and um, getting into the playoff seeds. So yeah, disappointed for Ariza not to be there. I think there's going to be a, um, I think the best players, it's going to, they're possibly going to extend their uh, how good they are because the best players obviously earn the most money. They have the biggest houses in the comfiest places. They have gyms in their back gardens. They're, those are the guys that are going to have been able to, you know, stay in shape and and get shots up and you, you know ha- have a run in a rural area. You know, if they needed to go on a on a long conditioning run, it's the team. It's the it's the first and second year players and the younger players and the the ones that are based in i mean th- you know it's a shame no no new york knicks are going to be there but you know it's it's the ones in is the, it <laughs> no it's the ones in the in the big inner cities that are going to struggle because they're not going to be to have been able to get out as much or the gyms won't have been open you know so i think i think the the gap between the good and the very best in the league, that's that's going to have only increased by the time uh, everybody's sort of back playing full games. Yeah, I think that's a, an interesting point actually, because you're right. You know, we've we know we've heard about the Lakers practices. We've heard about we've seen the, the Instagram videos of LeBron working out uh, during this. Then there's obviously people like Patrick Beverly who have called up Kawhi Leonard and gone, "Can I come and stay with you for a week?" and ends up staying three weeks, which which is where you're sort of going to see how much having the the benefit of your own facility is going to is going to sort of make an impact. Then you also like you, you mentioned New York there. JJ Reddick lives in Brooklyn and he's still been going to practice facilities like um his own well not his own but a court that he's hiring privately. So people are getting out there and doing stuff, but it's the guys like who are who are either first or second year players and they're in a in a flat or whatever and we you know even guys who have been in the league a bit longer but are with new teams like Patrick Connaughton um Patrick Connaughton rather um who uh is essentially just been dribbling a, a ball around his his flat which just sounds insane um probably pissing off the neighbors as well well yeah i mean Jimmy Butler's already done that in the bubble <laughs> where people are supposed to be in love with this game so um Speaking of the bubble again, players players have left the bubble. Um, a couple momentary, well, by accident, Bruno Caboclo broke his quarantine. Uh, Rashawn Holmes crossed the boundary. Do you think we're going to see any more of this sort of thing? It seems to have quietened down after those first two. But do you, do you think anyone else is going to accidentally break their uh, their restrictions? Players are going to be testing the boundaries and seeing what they can get away with early doors. Uh, And I think as soon as anything is high profile, they realise, oh, we can't even walk past this line to pick up a takeaway. I think that's going to be um, cut out pretty early, especially as soon as games start, because the last thing a player wants is to be seen as not taking the game seriously and putting a a bad news story out there um, and taking away from the team. What I suspect we may see more of is um, what we saw already, where uh, we may see Instagram models claiming that they're actually invited into the bubble by anonymous players. 
Yeah, that was uh, an interesting story um, and thread to keep track on. Um, we could go into it here, but but let's let's not let's go. Okay, so that was players who left by accident. There's a couple of players who've left on purpose due to family emergencies. Simon Williamson, who seems to not be able to get any luck this season, has has left to go home and tend to an urgent family matter. As has Montres Harrell of the Clippers. Um, we've also got people like uh, Dennis Schrauder. Schrauder, I love that name. Uh, he's expecting a child during the eight um, seeding games, essentially. So he will be leaving the bubble to attend the birth and then returning. Uh, and if the Celtics are still playing at this time, uh, Hayward is expecting a child during the playoffs, so he will miss time for the birth of, of the child. Um, what sort of impact is that going to have in terms of disrupting the, the flow of a team? Because it's not just, you're not in market, it's not a case where you can spend time during the day away and maybe miss a couple of games or a couple of nights and be there this is a case where you're going to leave and have to come back and you're going to be out for a few days minimum yeah it's i i, th- I think it's going to cause real issues to be honest um you but i th- i'm i'm with nick in the sense that i think it's going to happen early and the the players the teams that are going to struggle are the ones like you know f- the ones that don't stand a chance of getting past the the first round, you know, even if they get into the playoffs, the ones like the Nets, the Suns, the you know these players who are going to be coming and going and causing issues for their teams, I, I don't think they're going to do any damage anyway. Do you think any of any of the Lakers are going to defy LeBron? Um, any any of the Clippers going to defy Kawhi? I I do not see that happening. So it's going to be interesting especially for those fringe teams like you said like Oklahoma Boston who arguably stand a chance of you know maybe reaching a conference semi-finals for in the case of the Celtics they might even go as far as a finals appearance um but arguably I mean I'll probably piss off some of the Boston Celtics fans but Hayward might not be the most important player on that team well, I think that's a given now, isn't it? Or yeah. Is he is he even the third most important player on that team? Is he the fourth? Is he the fourth? <laughs> I mean, they've got a starting lineup that he he could be a great player off the bench, um, and he he is obviously a starter level player. But I I don't, and yeah, if he if they're gonna win a championship, then I think they need him. But yeah, if they get if he needs to be out for the first two rounds, I think they'll be okay. Uh, you know what? I don't really see that as a negative for Boston either. If if Gordon Hayward is your third or fourth guy, you're pretty oh, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's they have a plethora of talent uh, there at the minute. Um, do either of you think that there should be an asterisk on this season? Um, so there's been this question that came up recently um, on one of the WNBA. Um, press conferences that I've been listening into um, uh, someone asked Candice Parker if there should be an asterisk at the end of the season and and she said there should be an exclamation point because of how difficult it will be to get a team in one place without going outside the bubble without uh, having health injuries without um, you, you know g- getting through all the issues of having crap food that they're not used to prepared by you know random slugs at Disney World or Brad Brad I thought, I, thought, I thought you were gonna say by Mickey Mouse then. <laughs> um no, but it's just as good as, you know. I think 
there's going to be so many more challenges um, in the next few weeks than I think any team would ever typically have. So I think, I I, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna win this championship, there's going to be a, a greater sense of achievement, especially with all the social justice issues that are going on at the moment. I think um, you know if if the player if the person on the jersey, you know, if you're if if you've won a championship and you're on that top podium and you're representing someone on your jersey that's not yourself, that's that's something bigger than you, um, I think that's going to have a, a greater social um, impact than than it might do um, in in any other year. The thing I think is it's hard for us at this point to uh, I mean whatever we think. Um, I feel like the legacy of this year and how the championship winner is perceived will be decided by how it plays out in terms of health. If, um, let's say, for example, Milwaukee win a championship, but the Lakers, for any of a number of reasons, are without LeBron or Anthony Davis or both or whatever... I feel like it's inevitable that fans will look back at that and think, uh, yeah, they won, but it wasn't quite right. A little bit like, and I'm sure Hugh will agree, in 1999 when the Spurs <laughs> beat a Patrick Ewingless or very injured Patrick Ewing in the NBA Finals. Big asterisk always in the minds of, in the hearts and minds of men and women and children everywhere. <laughs> I did. I did wonder how long it would be before we got an asterisk uh, on that that championship up in the conversation. Um, <clears throat> I'd actually made a note to bring it up as well because I like winding Hugh up about it. Uh, but the, the the reason there are asterisks on on that season, uh, there's not an asterisk not, on that season. <laughs> there, there is, but not. There's, but there's I wind not. you up more. No, there is. But the reason I I wind you up in it way more than I need to. The re, the reason any time the season is not normal, that you know and it's beyond control, then there has to be an asterisk. So call it 50 games, it's it's not a normal season. Call it 66 games, it's not a normal season. But it's nowhere near the same level of disruption, and therefore the, the level of the, the strength in the, the, of this asterisk is, is significantly smaller. This is me trying to uh, verbally subtweet, saying I'm agreeing that there shouldn't be as much of an asterisk on your 99 Spurs title. Um, compared to now, where we've had we've we've played out, you know, sixty percent of a normal season, then everything has just absolutely gone to, you know, and we've had to pick it up and try and do something essentially for the sake of of the league earning its 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 TV money and things like that. There's so much disruption that I can't see any way where even if even if the champion is crowned absolutely legitimately, there sh- there is not going to be a mark saying. This was that year when that crazy thing happened. There's just I, I can't see any way around it. I think it's slightly different for the for the Wubble in that they I will be playing the entirety of the season in in this way as opposed to picking up where the season finished four months ago. I just I just can't see any way ar- around it from from my perspective. And no, that's not to disrespect them because I know that there is a huge amount of effort going into making this safe, making this secure, and putting on the game we love for fans around the world. I I think the thing that could be very unfair as well is let's imagine a dark horse team wins the championship. Let's say, um, 
I was going to say Indiana, but that feels unrealistic. Let's say uh, Luka Doncic plays MVP ball for months now and to the point where Dallas wins an NBA championship out of the blue. I feel like unfairly there'd be more of an asterisk put on it than if mm-hmm. the Lakers win this year or the Clippers win or Milwaukee or one of the favourite teams. Um, so again, I, I just feel like it will be decided almost by who wins as well and how predictable it was or not so. Yeah, I mean, imagine Port- Portland who made the Western Conference Finals last year and I almost put an asterisk on that. <laughs> uh, you know, having, having lost uh, Yusuf Nurkic and then now they've gone from basically their season should have been over in April to they have a shot at making the playoffs with the strongest team they've had in about 14 months. It's It's... It's just mad. It's absolutely madness to me. Anyway, let's let's move away from that because, yeah, let's just move on from it because I think I could talk for hours about whether or not there should be one. Um, who to watch out for then? Let's go players. Is there anyone in particular you are keen to see back in action now that we're restarting for any particular reason, whether it's to pick up where they left off or whether it's because they perhaps don't quite appear the way they, they once did? Uh, Nick, let's go to you first. Uh, I have a few. My first is Ben Simmons, where I find Philadelphia a fascinating team because I like almost every player on their roster, but I don't really like them as a team. Um, So I'm always fascinated to watch them and how they try and fit together. And there's been reports in the last week or so that they're running Ben Simmons at power forward instead of point guard, which I think is a really interesting look for them. Um, and I actually feel like if even if it means Horford steps out of the starting lineup, but they always have two of Horford, Embiid, or Simmons in their front court for the entire forty-eight minutes, uh, along with Tobias Harris. Um, I, I just feel like that's a really interesting roster, and that sort of shift could uh, play in the Sixers' favor. So I think that's my pick for the East, and in the West. Um, I think uh, I was just looking actually earlier today at how Carmelo Anthony looks like he is in unbelievable shape. And just because uh, you are both Carmelo haters, uh, Carmelo's one of my guys out West. Um, Interested to see how he gets on with the Blazers. And um, I think my other one is just super predictable. I like watching LeBron James play basketball, so I can't wait to see him uh, step on the court again. The, the mellow point is great because we, he looks rather bouncy. I think he threw down a, a reverse just straight off straight off the bounce uh, a couple of days ago, and immediately I, I sort of grinned because it brought up memories of him in his Knicks uniform trying to throw down a one-handed dunk and, and absolutely just hitting the front of the rim with it and ending up on his on his butt. Um, but uh, the Ben Simmons thing. Are we buying into this? This Ben Simmons is now a four because, for me, I think that this is just last season's version of of the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, but rebranded. Because I can't see him being a traditional four. Bringing in Shake Milton adds to the shooting. Um, obviously, small sample size, but from three in twenty games, he's he's hit forty five point three percent. But I still see Simmons being the de facto floor general. I still see him hiding in the dunker's spot on offense when he's off ball. And I still see them switching on D. Isn't this just... It's All they're doing now is putting a positional label on essentially a guy who's pretty positionless. 
No, I don't think so. Because I, I, what I think is they can put him um, in the dunker's spot in their offense, and so and they can bring Shake Milton in, who right before we stopped was looking incredible. Um, he was shooting some crazy percentage from three, which is like the opposite For, of forty-five point three. Exactly. So I think. Um, yeah, I just I just feel like it frees up their offense a lot and creates more spacing than when and uh, sorry when Simmons is running the point. But isn't isn't that just what JJ Redick did last year as well? Although much more off ball than than Shake will be. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Hugh, you missed all that because of technical difficulties. Um, any players for you that that are standing out as someone you want to see back on the floor? Um, I think Dame. I'm, I always look forward to seeing anyway. Um, and like you said, I think with a reju, we spoke roughly about it earlier. But um, with a rejuvenated roster, I think he's going to be even more determined than um, than perhaps. You know, there, there was a lot of talk from him about you know, you've got to make it worth my while if you want me to come in the bubble. Um, and ever since then, I don't know. We haven't heard much from him, uh, but you've also seen Zach Collins and uh, and Nurkic. You know, putting up some shots, looking good, um, and yeah, I think I think he's going to come fully loaded uh, for for the restart. Uh, and he's always one of the most entertaining players in the league, anyway. So I'm particularly looking forward to seeing not just Dame, but but the entire Portland team. I think they're going to be quite focused. I, th- I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I've got them down on one of my teams to watch. Uh, for me. I want to see what these these new skinny versions, skinny Jokic, skinny Harden can do, especially given that Jokic is, and this is is slightly not basketball, but because Jokic obviously has recovered from COVID, and there's talks now of how long it can impact you from a respiratory perspective. I wonder how, I mean, he was never a big cardio guy anyway, but I wonder if this has impacted that at all. Um, as Yanis back from a knee injury, there's a few teams here, like same as Ben Simmons with his back injury. There's a few, there's a couple of teams here that are benefiting from this layoff because they're getting their stars back fully healthy. Um, so let's go on to teams. Hugh, which teams are you particularly looking forward to seeing? Well, surprise, surprise, I am actually looking forward to seeing the Spurs. Um, I, I touched on it earlier, but I've, I think um, Lamarcus Aldridge sort of locked them into a style of play before, um, but. I've always thought that actually they need to run through Dejounte Murray, through Derek White, and um, and essentially run a bit more than they than they you, they typically have in a Greg Popovich era. Um, he loves to run a system, and I love to to watch it because it's some of the most beautiful basketball around. But I, I think that game plan will have to go out the window a little bit now. So it'll be interesting to see what system they run with. Um, and and if they do run to the extent that I'm hoping they do, um, yeah. And you know, I, I'm a big fan of Jakob Pertl. Um, his defensive numbers are incredible. Um, he was arguably one of the best defensive bigs in the league this year, and I. But he just hasn't played the minutes to warrant any discussion. You know, on a on an All NBA defensive level. Um, but I think he's going to be, he's going to be incredible with the extra workload, and yeah, looking forward to seeing the Spurs run up and down the court a bit. Yeah, I've got to admit I wasn't expecting to see them playing this late in the year. That's for sure. 
uh, the way it was going. Um, Nick, who 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 on in terms of team stands out for you? In the East, um, I'm interested to see Miami. They have a lot of really good complementary pieces, um, and they're also pretty deep. Um, Adebayo's developed into a really interesting, uh, flexible, like modern big man. Uh, still got like Dragic um, to run pick and roll. Uh, they have Jimmy Butler, who even if the whole team can't play, they could put him with Goofy and the janitor. And he'd probably enjoy that more than anything else. Um, they also have um, Myers Leonard, who is one of the most entertaining guys off the court right now with his beer chugging. Have you guys been following that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, really, uh, it's impressive stuff. Um, in the West, uh, there's two teams who I'm interested in. Um, no, actually, there's probably three, actually, for different reasons. Denver, I think, um, kind of have gone under the radar in terms of they were actually the third seed in the West and no one's talking about them. Um, obviously, love Jokic and how he plays. But again, they have a pretty deep roster. They're going to be coming in healthy. Um, I like Denver. I like Utah for the spacing they have, the number of shooters and playmakers they have who can put the ball on the floor um, around Gobert. Interesting to monitor that chemistry between Donovan Mitchell and Gobert after what happened right before the game stopped. And I think my um, my other team I'll just give a quick shout out for is Houston, who are always one of my second teams that I follow. Um, but just to see how, and obviously hoping Russell Westbrook um, and James Harden come in. West, I think Harden, uh, with recording this on Monday, I think Harden has only just practiced with the team and Westbrook's obviously still out, but hoping those guys come back fully healthy just because from an interest standpoint, it's interesting to see how far they can take that small ball. Yeah, it, it seemed like just before the season stopped, they, I think they had a four-game, put my teeth in, a four-game losing streak. Um, and it's it kind of felt like they'd been figured out, but I think this it's still there's still a way to go with this this experiment, and I, I'm keen to see that as well. Obviously, you want every player healthy, everything like that. Um, I'm keen to see the Suns actually, uh, given how hot they started this season. I know there's a real long shot that they make it, but do you, do you not remember the start of this huge shrugging at me because? Uh, Hates Western it's, Conference uh, teams that, well, that just, might be better than the Spurs. They're, they're not better than the Spurs. <laughs> they're just not. I just, I just think they've, yeah, they they were they were pretty decent at the start of the year, and I was hopeful. Um, I you know I think on the on the very first top five MVP race that I did of the season, I think you know I I put uh I put Booker in as as number five because they were they had a winning record. They were and they were playing attractive basketball. They've had some great moments. Um, the, the big rotation is is incredible, quite frankly. Um, and I think they do have a bright future, but they just, I just don't think they've, I just don't think they're going to figure it out uh, for this season. Um, I think they're going to need... I, I don't... Uh, yeah, sorry, carry on. Carry I, I, th- on. I think they're going to need a fuller training camp. They They definitely need to make some some changes maybe even a change at coach and i think they could be a decent um a decent team for the future i'm really looking forward to seeing how it all plays out and i hope booker does stay with them because he is a guy to build around and i think they're putting the right pieces there but i just 
they're literally put in to to make up a number uh, well i sorry i hate using the word literally uh when it's not literal but they they were thrown in i think figuratively to, <laughs> I, I, they were thrown in to make up some numbers and because booker is exciting um but the moment they lose one game they're essentially out of the playoffs and i think they're just going to be boring as hell those games to watch those preceding games or whatever um because if they lose one they're just not going to give a crap uh, yeah, and, and they're going I get to that. lose. I'm not expecting they? them to. I'm, I'm not expecting them to do well, and they've got a tough schedule. But I'm just can't, half of me is just there's a, there's a part of me that's like, come on, they, they started the season so quickly. They're a young team, so theoretically, you know, all things being equal, they should pick it the speed of the game um, much quicker than the vets who have also had this layoff. Uh, assuming, of course, they haven't got the LeBron facilities, things like that. Um, so that, that they stuck out to me. We've obviously mentioned Port- Portland. Um, Barring a reason, they've got a full complement of players. And I actually think the fact that they managed to get them this close to the playoffs is a testament to... And I don't often give credit to Neil Olshay because he, he stitched the franchise a few years back. But I think that's a testament to what he's been able to do as GM. And also just someone who I do love, Terry Stotts, a testament to his abilities as a coach. And I'm not saying either of them should win their respective position of the year awards but they certainly should get a bit of credit for keeping this team within sniffing distance so, of the so, playoffs. So when you say this close to the playoffs, they're, they're 26 and 39, you know? Yeah, I, but have you seen what they've dealt with all season? Yeah, I, I agree, but I just... Yeah, I, I, think, I think... How many games back on the playoffs are they? Three and a half off the, off the eighth seed? Along with three other teams, I'll give you that. Mm. Three and a half games back, having been depleted of... of Massive impact players on that roster. I I just think that they they could shock some people. Don't think they're going to win it. Obviously, I uh, don't think they're going to go particularly deep. But I'm just keen to see how different this team is compared to what we've had so far this season. Um, out east, nobody's excited to see the Nets. Just this steaming pile of trash that will be the Nets. <laughs> Who's playing for them? <laughs> I I just have no idea. Uh, J- Jamal Crawford. There seems to be a lot of people getting excited about him coming back, which is which is great. And people are saying, you know, great great player, um, scored what was it, fifty one in his last game as a, as a Phoenix Sun, uh, thirty nine years old. What they failed to tell you is that it was an eleven point loss to the Mavericks, uh, and that team that year, uh, the Suns team, finished with the third worst record in the league, tied with um, Cleveland, and two games ahead of Knicks uh, Knicks. So. People, people just remember that headline, you know, and they're like Jamal Crawford. He's going to drop fifty. Yeah, but L. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one, the one thing I will say about Crawford is he's. Uh, I don't. He's never put into like best handles conversations, but his should be handle is filthy. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And do you know what? This, in fact, we, we do it now. We had, we had a, a question in through the Discord server. Um, because this is a point I, I want to make on it. So the question from uh, Matt Hardy. Uh, Jacques Vaughan goes into the bubble with two games as Nets head coach under his belt and a decimated roster, full of players who probably won't be on the team next year. What can he do at this time to make a case for him staying on as head coach? Uh, I've got a few points, but one of the ones that, just because the Crawford bit came up, um, essentially, if he wanted to suggest or, or tinker with a Kyrie-led offense, isn't Jamal Crawford a ball-dominant, trigger-happy, 
doesn't like to pass, exceptional handled kind of player. Isn't he the ideal um, Kyrie 0.5 substitute? Who's the KD in that situation, though? There is no other KD. <laughs> this, is, this is this only purely works on, on a Kyrie for Jamal Crawford basis. Rejected! <laughs> <laughs> nice work, kick. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> no, no one's buying that. No one's buying that. Okay. Uh, the thing is, I think if they were doing that, they'd probably put Kerry Slaver in uh, in that spot. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> but it's still not KD. Um, no. So, what, what do you think Jacques Vaughan can can do to make his case as to why he should be the head coach in Brooklyn next year? You go, Nick. I, I got nothing, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I th- it's a boring answer, but the only thing they can do is um, if if they, I, I think probably to um, recreate a little bit of what we saw with the Nets last season in terms of the morale they had, the um, overachieving with the roster they had. Uh, no one's expecting this Nets team to uh, set the world on fire in the bubble in Disney, but. If they can win a few games, uh, run a few others close, um, I think that's probably as much as anyone could do with that roster. Yeah, I think that's fair. I've, I've put I've, in my notes that it'd be unfair to to charge him with actually winning anything, like even a few games with this decimated roster. But if he can show some creativity and some ingenuity, we've seen how how Nick Nurse is the flavour of the league um, in terms of his coaching style and the way he gets creative. Uh, adjusting to injuries, which is essentially what the Nets are, are living with at the minute, and their two stars happen to have uh, relatively injury-prone careers. Um, even the way that Nurse is, is got this team playing without a superstar this season, um, I think if he can do that sort of thing, we're basically maximising the talent he has to hand. Again, it's things like relationship building, if he can put those into place... Um, that's only going to work, even even though the two main guys are not in the bubble. If he can show that he's a you know a player's coach, I'm sure that'll go down well. And then, let's face it, with Kyrie and KD, the offense is going to take care of itself. So it's how can they, what sort of defensive schemes can they can they pull together? They're they're sort of the for, for me what what he needs to look at. What I will say for Jacques Vaughn's chances at at returning as as head coach, he probably does have a, a pretty good relationship already with Sean Marks. Um, they spend a lot of time um, on, on Spurs benches together. I think they did crossover in, in the, when they were working uh, on the Nets. Did they both play on the Nets at some point? I can't remember. That My, my history is evading definitely me. definitely played for the Nets. Um, but... Uh, I got a feeling. I got a feeling. Marks might have done, but I, I, I'm, I'm happy to be uh, corrected on that. But I think they, they've come up through the same coaching tree. Um, you know, they've, mm-hmm. they will have crossed paths a lot during their career, whether they, uh, you, whether actively or, or not actively. Um, so I think they've. I reckon we probably will see him back simply because I think Sean Marks is. Um, he he knows. He knows what type of system he wants to set up, and I imagine uh, Jacques Vaughan probably thinks along similar lines, to be honest. It's just whether or not they get the player sign-off, I guess. 
Yeah, not not to put a bad taste in anyone's mouth, but uh, in between twenty twelve and twenty fifteen, when he coached the Magic, anyone want to guess what his winning record was percentage wise? Let's go with percent for the Orlando Magic twenty twelve to twenty fifteen. Yeah. Just a just a percent. A... Twenty something less than that. Yeah, I'll take that twenty six point nine. I was going to so. guess twenty five. <laughs> so yeah. Well, there you go. You'd have, you'd have won. In mm-hmm. fact, you can win because it's not a competition. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations, Nick. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Uh, let's let's get into some predictions then. So, <clears throat> uh, the Clippers are current number two seed, and they lead the number three Nuggets by one and a half games. Uh, just a bit of a conference breakdown. The next four teams: so the Jazz, then OKC and Houston, who are both tied at forty and twenty-four, and then the number seven Mavericks are all within four games of the Nuggets. So it's a real tight bunching in the middle of the Western Conference again. Uh, Utah, who are the, the four seed, is only one game ahead of OKC and Houston. Uh, if we move over to the East, the Raptors are the current number two seed. They lead the Celtics by three games. The Heat trail Boston um, in the third seed by two and a half games. Miami is two and a half games over numbers five and six. The Pacers and the 76ers. This is a lot of jargon that no one's going to listen to. Uh, and the Pacers in Philadelphia have identical 39 and 26 records. So again, there's a bit of a, a cluster in that in that conference. Um, your predictions then. Uh, let's start off, off out west. Who is going to make the playoffs in the west? We're only really looking at... Dallas is basically safe. So we're only really looking at Memphis or someone else who who have you got anyone anyone jumping in ahead of the the Grizzlies Nick I th- I feel like predictions because of what we've already talked about are so difficult if it feels like you're making mm-hmm. really uneducated guesses um Portland has the best an, kind of guesses yeah <laughs> Portland has uh both and I think this is a really interesting one because as good as Memphis have been, and John Morant in particular has been spectacular, one of the most fun guys to watch uh, in the early part of this season. Um, Portland, as we talked about already, are coming in fully fit. They've got the veterans. Uh, they've got winners in Dame and CJ. They've got Nurkic coming back, who before his injury was an absolute fulcrum to their offense. Um, but also New Orleans is an interesting team and we haven't really talked about them at all. Uh, Ingram's having a career season. Zion is being added back into that lineup. Um, Lonzo continues to improve. Um, so and they're only one game behind Portland. Exactly. So I feel like it's a toss up between, uh, Grizzlies have the advantage in the win column, but, um, out of those teams, I think I would take, uh, and this is all assuming health, Portland to take it just based on the veterans on that team. But it wouldn't surprise me if any of those teams were the last spot. Yeah, it's. I'm with you. Like we we don't know. We a lot could still change on the rosters. You know, there could be people that have to sit out because they cross a line or they or they bring in an Instagram model. So we still don't know exactly. <laughs> But taking a quick look at Trailblazers versus Memphis Grizzlies schedule. So uh, the Trailblazers, they play the Grizzlies. They play Celtics, Rockets, Nuggets, Clippers, 76ers, Mavericks, and Nets. So I think there's possibly only one gimme in that. And that depends on what's happening with the Nets. But that's the final one that they play. Um, The Grizzlies play the Blazers. They play the Spurs, Pelicans, 
Jazz, Thunder, Raptors, Celtics, Bucks. So it gets increasingly harder as you're going through, but actually they could steal a few games uh, to begin with, build up a bit of momentum. And uh, those teams at the end, Celtics, Raptors, Bucks, I imagine they're going to have the seeds secure by that point. So they may end up putting out, you know, easier lineups. Uh, yeah, um, you know, the non-starting five. Um, so I, I think... Yeah, I, I think we might see the Grizzlies up there, um, providing the Spurs don't beat everybody. <laughs> oh, tumbleweed. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I agree with what everyone's saying. Um, assuming Zion gets back into the bubble and plays, I think the Pelicans have the easiest schedule they could possibly leapfrog. Um, they do have a very very good young team and it's scary what they could be in a season or two um but yeah it's it's a crapshoot i i just wanted to put you on the spot really um so so let's carry on doing the same do you anyone want to anyone got any ideas on who they think is going to be in the conference finals or the finals or even the winner or is it literally from here on out it's just it's just going to be a roller coaster give me bucks clippers I thought Clippers. I thought yeah, in the finals. I thought Clippers at the start of the season were going to be in the finals. I also thought Philadelphia were going to be there. Um, Same as what I had. I think it's going to. I mean, to be honest, listening to what you guys were talking about with the the seventy sixes earlier, I think we we shouldn't be writing the seventy sixes off. They are loaded with talent, and if. Brett Brown can just get through to them and just say, just hold it together just for two months, guys. You know, I reckon we could see a strong run towards the conference finals and the finals. Um, but that being said, it's not an easy route. you got Miami Heat, Boston, Milwaukee. Um, they are all going to be in, in fighting in such close quarters. But I just don't see if Yanis has come back healthy, he's had plenty of time to rest at Nino. Um, you know, he was due to come back before before the end of the season when, you know, we still had a a, not a functioning calendar. So I think he will have been I think he, he will have been fine because it wasn't it wasn't the worst knee injury in the world. Um if they are firing on all cylinders I and that system that Coach Bud has, um you know, he could be that they they could just you know pick up right where right where they left off and yeah I I think we're going to see Clippers go in there as well they're too strong for me in the West. I will take the Lakers um, just because I think AD and this is maybe controversial is maybe LeBron's best ever teammate um, especially as a big and um, I never write LeBron James off. And if anyone will come into this um, in better shape than they've ever been, it will be LeBron James somehow. That, that The difficulty I see is in that Western Conference final. It's got to be a battle of Los Angeles. Um, just, I've, I've gone Clippers. I just think they're so deep. And I know the rotation's short and up. Um, but you've got two of the best, you've got three of the best wing defenders in the league 
the, easily there. The thing I see with the Clippers is that they're not just deep, but they they have they present so many lineups. Whereas I think with the injuries and the new players that have come in, that shortens up the variety that the Lakers can offer. Um, so yeah, I you know they get, they're going to be great, and it's going to I I think they're, that's possibly going to be the uh, the Western Conference Finals, but. I yeah I think the the depth and the versatility of the Clippers is gonna is gonna win out this year. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I I agree, and it it kind of worries me that the Lakers are are sort of relying on potentially having guys like J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters, and I, I and and LeBron is the one guy who can mold oh, yeah. and control these kind of players. But is that NBA then, champion J.R. Smith you're talking about? That is that is the same NBA champion J.R. Smith that Hugh correctly pointed out earlier in Game One of the 2018 Finals. Absolutely crapped the bed on getting <laughs> getting Cleveland a one nil I mean, lead in the series. To be fair, George Hill did miss the free throw, so it's not entirely yeah, his did. fault. But well, no, it is entirely his fault because everyone misses free throws occasionally. But if you've got like a few seconds on the clock, why do you dribble it out to half court and just run the game out? Um, yeah, but. <laughs> uh, Especially when your one purpose on that team is to shoot, that is your soul. That's the only reason you're in the league, because um, you, yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, so you've picked the finals there. So who do you think? Who do you think's winning it, Hugh? You, you sort of hedged on Clippers, Milwaukee as the finals. Ah, oh, that's tough, isn't it? Yeah, I know. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> um, I, I've I've been saying the the Clippers are going to be in the finals all year, and I. I just don't see. I want I want the Bucks to win, but I just think it's going to be too difficult to beat Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. That's that's what scares me. If those are the two teams that meet up, Kawhi is the one guy who managed to slow Giannis last year. Um, so yeah, I, there's I, much I'm with more you, championship experience as well on that team. I say much more, not much more, but the key players have championship experience. Nick, you went, you went at Lakers, didn't you? That was to win everything. Yeah, I do hope they play the Bucks in the final, though, so we can have all three Antetokounmpo brothers in the finals. That would be amazing. Who's commentating? Do we know who the commentators are yet? I'm guessing it's just going to be the the, the normal commentators, uh, as in for for that level, it'll be Mike Breen, um, Mark Jackson, and uh, JBG, surely. I, w- I wonder if they'll do it remotely. Ho- hopefully, hopefully Marv Albert won't be trying to pronounce three levels of Antetokounmpo. <laughs> well, at that stage, the likelihood is only one of them's going to get on the court anyway. Um, yeah. yeah. But okay. Um, yeah, so... Thanasis is a is a beast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a couple more things before we go. Uh, as I mentioned at the start of the show, we've uh, st- set, I say we. Um, Kirk, who is the the guy producing this at the minute, um, and dropped in that really solid uh, Tim Kitchrow quote, quote uh, set up a Discord server for us to help grow the NBA community. Um, <clears throat> it's essentially a, a chat app with the ability to host multiple channels. So we've got things, kicks and whatever, trash talk, and we've even got things for uh, those people who... Uh, like the BBL specifically and want to talk specifically about that so if that's you you're more than welcome as well um, 
we've been on it a, a couple of weeks now. It's grown pretty quickly. We've got a few guys in there like NBA UK fans, Hoop Genius, Below the Rim podcast, Boston Brit, High T Hoops. So if you want to get in there and talk to the people who are creating content on the NBA, you're more than welcome to join us. It is discord.me slash double clutch. Um, you guys want any say anything on, on Discord at all? It's taking a it, it's it's a it's a different thing. I'll give you that. But I think once we get used to it, it's gonna be really, 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 really good. There's a, there's some really cool tech in there that I think we're gonna exploit in the next coming months. Um but what are you your, your guys' thoughts on Discord? I, I think it's amazing that um there's a place where being a basketball fan in this country can feel a bit of a lonely experience if you if your IRL friends are not also hoop heads. So, um, yeah, ha- having this place where you know any time of day or night, probably once the games get going again, you there's somewhere where you can log in and chat to other people who are also obsessive about the game, I think is really cool. I was wondering about you guys. I'm obviously I'm I'm on Twitter as as you guys are, but um, I also you know have other interests in life. Believe it or not, um, much to the surprise of, of my fiance. Um, but yeah, I you know I follow a lot of other things on Twitter as well, and um, it's sometimes it is just useful just to be able to uh, get rid of all the non basketball noise and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Discord definitely does that. Uh, yeah. I'm enjoying it so far. So come and join us. Uh, Once again, it is discord.me forward slash double clutch. One last thing before we go. Uh, We've had some articles go up recently. One of them was an exclusive with Nick Nurse, courtesy of Mr. Hugh Hopkins. Um, We didn't even talk about the Raptors at all. But they're going to be good. Um, So why haven't we spoken about them? Come on, Hugh. Tell us why we're wrong. Why are we overlooking them? Because they they have potentially a an all defensive player at every position. Um, you know, this year they the players that were sort of perhaps a little held back by Kawhi. Um, you know, because Kawhi, as great a player as he is, he you know he does have that sort of. LeBron um, feeling to his game these days in the sense that um, you know if you've got a great team and you put LeBron on it that great team is not going to be great for the reasons that it was great before LeBron was there. Kawhi is that level where you can have a great team Kawhi will go on to it and he will raise that level but the system won't look the same. Um, Now that Kawhi is gone they still have an excellent system they have possibly a top three top five coach in the NBA uh, in Nick Nurse, um, Pascal Siakam has is starting to become. I don't want to say a Kawhi-like player because he's not a Kawhi-like player at all, but he's picked up the offensive responsibility of what Kawhi was offering last year. Um, everybody in that starting five units: uh, Kyle Lowry, Norm Powell, uh, Fred Van Vliet, um, and OG Ananobi. Britain's own OG Ananobi. Um, they've all increased their scoring output to more than make up for what they've lost from Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard. Um, they have, they have, obviously they won the championship last year, so they all now know how to reach that championship level. They also have a feeble world champion um, in Marc Gasol, who, as old as he is and as tired as he might be, he's just had a long time off, and it, he is, he is still 
the best passing big man in the game. Mm, no, he's not. Mm, no, he's no, not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's the top. He's a top three t- passing big call man from in the Denver game. Area code. He's, he's 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 a top three passing big man in the game, and uh, and he's one of the best screen setters still in the NBA. And I honestly former think defensive that, player of the year. And yeah, potentially a defensive player of the year. Um, well, certainly previously, isn't he? But honestly, so many players on that team could lock up so many of the best players in the league that I think it's going to be... Um, yeah, I, I think they're going to give teams fits. Whether or not they'll win it, I don't know, but I think they'll be in the... I think they'll be in a battle so you, so you, in the conference It's the classic offense, offense wins games, defense wins championships. Yeah, I think so. And creativity on offense can uh, yeah. more, you know make up for for that lack of reliable... Here, here you go, Kawhi. Here's the ball. Just do your thing. You know. It'd be interesting to see who steps up as the the isolation guy in crunch time. Uh, but you can read Hugh's article over at DoubleClutch.uk. If you're not already following us, as I said at the start of the show, it's at DoubleClutchUK on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and and YouTube. We're on as well, so you can find us there. We're now on Discord as well, as I mentioned. So come and come and join the conversation. We'll speak to you again shortly. Ten days till the season starts. Let's go. 